Welcome to Banner Church. It's so good to have you here today. We're uh, just so grateful that God has given us a new place to gather to worship. Isn't that great? I love it. And so we're really blessed and we're just glad to be here today. Um, I, I just want to say that I, I love and respect you so much because you've adapted to the changes and there's the patience and the waiting and all this going on, uh, even with the new building. And we, we have won that final piece that's sitting in the city now with the structural engineering and continue to pray with us. We're just still praying that uh, in this last review, that's the only piece left. And once that gets approved, we're going to get our permit and to continue to finish the building. So, but in the meantime, we're just going to rejoice and gather together uh, in this school, in this community. And we know that God's presence is with us. Amen. You feel like the children of Israel, you're moving from place to place, but God, <laughs> but God's presence is with us the whole way. Amen. Welcome to this morning that we're so grateful that you're here. Um, we're starting a series this last Sunday, Josh and Katie introduced to us this series on sacrifice. And I think it's so fitting in the time that we're uh, here as a church, uh, speaking of sacrifice, and it was so well done, especially on Mother's Day, and really emphasizing the sacrifice that mothers make for their children. I, when I was listening to the message last Sunday as Josh and Katie were sharing, I, I thought of so many uh, people that would share this, say, you know, if it wasn't for my mother, if it wasn't for her sacrifice, if it wasn't for just putting me first in my life, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. I have seen so many athletes even get up and just, you know, in tears, these, you know, very... Uh, outstanding basketball players and football players stand up there and just they're bawling like a baby saying when I was growing up it was I it was you know in a single parent home my father left it was just my mom and she would work two jobs in order to support me and my brothers and my sisters I wouldn't be where I'm at and the mother's just sitting there bawling I've seen that scenario so many times with athletes and the sacrifice that is illustrated with the mother I think is is quite significant because it's all about this selfless sacrifice that, that is made. And I want to speak and continue this series this morning and speak to you about uh, sacrifice. And even next Sunday, we're going to be celebrating one of the most important sacrifices in our country. And it's a sacrifice that men and women have made in uniform for our nation, for the security of our nation. They've given their lives. And you think about Memorial Day weekend. It's about sacrifice. Our country, our families, our lives would not be where we're at today if not for men and women willing to literally give their lives sacrificially to preserve our freedoms and preserve the security of this nation. So we're sandwiched in between these two really significant holidays of Mother's Day and even Memorial Day, and really it's the essence of sacrifice. I think this is a topic in the Bible that is often overlooked or maybe even misunderstood that sacrifice is really the essence of what God has done for us in giving his son for us and to die for our sins. I mean, that was his whole mission was about to come and to be this living sacrifice and to die for us. And when you think about that, it, it, it's really humbling to realize that when God in his heart thought, I'm going to send my son to this world, it was about sacrifice. 
And we're going to continue this series this morning and speak about that. Sacrifice is illustrated in so many different unique ways. It's illustrated, as I said, with athletes. They, they make tremendous sacrifices to get to the level. A lot of them, you know, we know they make millions of dollars in that. But they didn't get there just by happenstance. There was a tremendous amount of sacrifice with athletes who give up a lot of things around them in order just to focus um, on athletics and, and to develop a career in that realm. We see performers who say that they, they work so hard and they sacrifice greatly to get to the level that they're at in performance and to be successful in their career as a performer. In fact, every career, everything that we do, and people that I've even met in this room will share about the sacrifices that were made in order for them to gain a level of success and significance in their career and in their job. Sacrifice is a big part of our lives. And we can go down that list and we can see in every different realm. I remember when uh, I was a senior in high school, and in high school I was just so enamored with getting awards and, and getting some recognition. I wanted to, people to think that, that I was important, that I mattered. I think that's inside every young teenager. It's like, I want to be known for my skill set. I want to be known for something. I want to be recognized. And, and I had these dreams and aspirations like a lot of young teenagers. It's like, I could see myself going up on a platform being recognized and people are clapping and applauding. And I thought, this is going to be the ultimate feeling of significance and fulfillment to be able to uh, achieve these goals and, and win these awards. And so I worked really hard and sacrificed a great deal of my time and effort to, to achieve uh, this level of significance. And, and I never forget at the end of my senior year, and I was receiving, uh, it was an award, and there was people, students from all over the state of Arizona. In fact, it was in Tucson at the U of A. And they called out my name, Dana Metcalf. And I went up on the platform, everybody's clapping. I get my award and everything. And just for that brief few seconds as I'm walking across the platform and I'm looking out there and I'm thinking, yeah, I'm, I'm important. I did this. I spent the last three years working on this project and it just really felt good. And then after the applause died down and they ushered me to the backstage and I'm back there by myself and I'm looking at my plaque and the, the word ceremony is just moving on and I'm back there alone and I'm thinking, is this it? Is this all there is? And I felt such an emptiness. I thought it would really fill that void that I had of wanting to be recognized and feel significant and fulfilled and everything. And I remember praying. I said, Lord, I don't get this. I worked so hard and I, I made some really tremendous sacrifices to get to this place in my life. And I'll never forget, I felt like the Lord just speak to me very lovingly, but it was a mild rebuke. It's like, Dana, the sacrifices that you've made over the past three years to earn this achievement, this award, it was a selfish sacrifice. It wasn't a selfless sacrifice. And I'd realized it was for selfish reasons. It wasn't unto the Lord. It wasn't for somebody else. It was just for me and my ego and my reputation and my image that I wanted to be prominent among my peers um, in that place. And I think there's two kinds of sacrifice when I think about that. I mean, as, a, as an 18-year-old, that really hit me in a significant manner when I realized that this is the, really the kind of sacrifice that just leaves us feeling that emptiness that I did this just for me, myself, and I. It was a selfish sacrifice, but it wasn't a selfless sacrifice. When I think about the kingdom of God, and I think about what Jesus did, 
It had nothing to do, because the Bible says he made himself of no reputation. He came as a servant. He was born in a stable. I mean, he, he came in such a form. It was just such humility. It was such a, a selfless sacrifice that he made. And it was all about the people around him. And that's really what the church is. It's, it's not about us. It's not about our image. It's not about our reputation. It's about the people that we want to touch and reach with the love of God. We want them to understand that the sacrifice that Jesus made was selfless. It wasn't just for us. This is not a club, but this is the church of Jesus Christ. And that sacrifice needs to be proclaimed to the world. And we want people to know that he died for you. And that will change your life. That will fill a void. That will cause you to be significant. That will cause you to have a reputation and an image. Unlike anything you've ever experienced of being a Christ follower. And I realize that. And I think that, I'm like, Lord, I spent three years on this project and it all just seemed like for nothing. And it was from that point forward in my life as an 18-year-old that I realized that I want my sacrifices to really matter for the kingdom's sake. I want to do it unto the Lord. I'm not going to worry about my reputation or image or whatever, but I want to do this for Jesus. Amen? Amen? And I think that's what many of you, as you're sitting here today, and I realize that you've taken this journey with us this morning. It's been a hard journey for a lot of us, and there's been some disappointments along the way. Things haven't gone like we planned. But isn't that kind of like what life is like? I mean, we make our plans, it says in Proverbs, but it's the Lord that directs our steps. I mean, the timing is always our timing, and, and we make commitments, we're willing to sacrifice. And then when it doesn't turn out like the conclusion that we wrote in our journal, we can really get upset very quickly. It's like, well, God, I... I had plans for it to be timed like this and would come like this and what's going on here. And I think it's during those moments when we're able to sacrifice in the midst of disappointment, in the midst of frustration, even in the midst of our pain, that truly reveals the character of our life as a believer. Yes. Most of us here this morning are believers. And I have to say that our worship and relationship with the Lord oftentimes is really measured by those times when it's not fun to sacrifice, it's not popular to sacrifice on that, but it's in there, but we know that it's the right thing to do. And because of our deep love for God, we continue to worship, we continue to walk in faith, we continue to be faithful, we continue to believe the word of the Lord. And that moment, and that is what separates, I think, the true believers from those who really struggle in their belief, is that we do it in those moments. I believe that we're not just a human being, but we're a worship being. I use that vernacular. We're a worship being. We were created to worship God. That is the ultimate sacrifice, by the way, in our life. Do you realize that? To be a worship, just to worship God, that's the ultimate sacrifice. I want you to turn to 1 John chapter 4, and there's a couple verses, 9 and 10, that I want to read to you that I think really, it, it permeates the message of the gospel. It's a reminder to us in the church of who we are and what God expects of us because he leads by example with his own son in these verses. And John, obviously, it wrote John three sixteen, the famous word, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And here again, John is pinning this in this epistle here. In verse 9, it said, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Let me emphasize it. This, this is real love. 
Not that we love God, because he, he loved us before we ever loved him. But he loved us, and he sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. He sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. This is the, the ultimate objective of the father, is to send the son for this very reason. And that's why sacrifice is so important in our life and for us to understand. Sacrifice, and I'm talking this morning really not so much about even some of the physical sacrifices that we make in our life, and life demands that of us. This church is foundation has been built upon a lot of sacrifices, not just from Bridget and myself and my family, but from you out there today, you've all made unique sacrifices for, for Jesus and for the church and for the growth and, and for the advancement of the church, each one of you, and maybe your sacrifice is different than somebody else's, you should never compare or try to measure your sacrifice compared to somebody else, but the bottom line is this, that when we gather together in this place and we worship, we're giving sacrifices to the Lord in our worship, and we create an atmosphere for God's presence to be manifested and for burdens to be lifted and for people's lives to be changed and transformed. I've often said to young disciples and believers like, if all that you ever did was come into the service, even if you never set up a chair or never served as an usher to any, but if you just came in and you just gave a sacrifice of praise to the Lord and made it a beautiful, wonderful sacrifice, no matter what you felt that day when you came into the service, but that you passionately gave sacrifice to the Lord in your praise and your worship to God, that alone would be sufficient. That would create an atmosphere in the church of passion and energy and allow the Lord to move so powerfully because our focus is not on the people, not on the building, not on this echoey room or whatever, but the focus is just Jesus is all that matters and I'm going to give him my very best this morning. If that's all that you did in a service in terms of sacrifice, you would please the heart of God and you would please the heart of this pastor. Amen. That's so oftentimes so hard to do. We don't need the lights we don't need the, all the glitz and the glamour. When I look at the disciples and when they were in prison in different scenarios, when I look at Jesus, they were able to worship in some of the most difficult of circumstances. And really, I think that's what the Lord is asking uh, from our lives is just, just to worship me. I heard a story, and I know this is kind of a crazy story, and I can't remember if I've ever, ever shared this before or not, but Judson Cornwall, some of you would know his name, he was, uh, he's passed away, but he was an author and a speaker, and really a, a spiritual patriarch of, of this past generation. He's actually from the Scottsdale area. His brother Bob Cornwall is still alive, and his sister, and they're both ministers. And he was sharing a story about one of the darkest most depressing times of his life, or literally he wanted to give up and end his life. I mean, he was just one of those hopeless scenarios and so discouraged and, and everything. And he said he was in his room and he just finally cried out to the Lord, God, I can't stay in this darkness and this hopelessness that I feel right now. And here's a man of God who is seasoned, who's preached and taught and written books about God's presence and understands what sacrifice is. And he said he had a vision, literally, literally where this angel came into his room and he said it was just a little angel that was just dancing, didn't say anything, but was dancing and just worshiping God. He said it was the most beautiful thing that he had ever witnessed, this angelic being just worshiping the Lord. And he stopped and he said, you know, I know some of you, I probably lost you in this story. You're sitting there criticizing me thinking, oh yeah, right, you saw an angel. 
He said, well, it's really funny in my ministry, when I talk about demons and, and those manifestations, everybody seems to want to believe that, but they don't believe my angel stories. <laughs> that is so true. And he said, after this expression of worship, this angel, and he said, looked at me and just said, Judson, all you need to do is just worship the Father. Just worship him. Just worship God. And that was it. That was the message. It was a message. And he goes, and I realized what I had lost. And he goes, and I just began to sacrificially, in the midst of my hopelessness and darkness, begin to worship the Lord. And that burden lifted, that hopelessness lifted. And it was just, it wasn't something, somebody was praying for me. I just began to worship God in the, one of the darkest times of my life. And that was the message. And it was the breakthrough for my life. I'll never forget that. We had Roland Buck come when I was in Bible college and he wrote a book, Angels on Assignment. It was a cool book. It was during the charismatic period where people were experiencing these kinds of things in the late 70s and early 80s. And I'll never forget, Roland Buck came and he spoke. And, and students were upset. They thought, oh, this is ridiculous. These angels aren't revealing themselves to people. And, you know, we know that angels exist. We know that they have in Scripture revealed themselves. And they're, all the students at the end of his message, uh, he opened up for a Q&A. And they're asking him questions about these visitations in his living room in the middle of the night and everything. And they go, and I stood up and I finally got uh, to ask him a question and I said um, to him I said he was a, he was an assembly God pastor in Idaho and he wrote this book Angels on Assignment I said Pastor Buck what what is the most significant thing that that the message that you received uh, from uh, those visitations and you know living room at night what, what is just one thing you could share with us as a student body that was really significant and he just kind of paused and he said and just with tears he said, I'll tell you this, is what I heard and what I realized that they just kept saying over and over again of how much God loves you, of how much God loves his people. And I never forget that. I thought, wow. That kind of connection in, in, in the love of God and the sacrifice, and it, it says in that scripture that it's because God is compelled that how much he loved us by sending his one and only son to be a sacrifice to take away our sins. And it transitions us into a moment of, I want to talk just for a moment about spiritual sacrifices. Not sacrificing my money or sacrificing my time. Those are all elements that are important in the kingdom. Sacrificing my work, everything like that. And I, I understand all that. But I, I want to speak to you about spiritual sacrifices. And I think that Romans 12.1 is probably one of the most well-known verses where it says, and dear brothers and sisters, Paul is just pleading. He goes, I, I plead with you to give your bodies or your life to God because of all that he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Is it my life, my body, I've just become this living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him. That's my reasonable service. That's, that's what I'm going to do to worship the Lord. I'm going to be a living sacrifice. As I thought about this message, I thought about the word sacrifice. And first of all, I want to say that I don't think you can call something a sacrifice unless it really costs you something. We use that word loosely, and I have myself, where it's like, I really sacrificed for that. I'm like, no, you didn't. That didn't, that didn't cost you that much. 
But I'm talking about the spiritual sacrifice that, that is really costly. It's precious. It's like the woman who had this precious ointment and very expensive perfume in the box, and alabaster box, and she breaks it open and anoints Jesus' feet with it and, and everything, and she's just worshiping him. And, this, and the disciples are all upset and mad, like, that is so stupid and foolish that we could have taken that perfume and sold it and got hundreds of dollars for that and used it for the kingdom. Jesus says, you don't get this. And because of her deep love and adoration, she wanted to give Jesus the very best. It was such a magnificent spiritual sacrifice and an example to us that she gave this something that was so expensive and so precious. But it's like, how could I waste this on anything else but just my worship to the Lord? I'm talking about spiritual sacrifices that have that kind of significance and really if I could give a title to this it would be sacrifices that are truly significant sacrifices that are truly significant it's not a sacrifice unless it really costs you something secondly it's in the place of sacrifice that God reveals his glory or his presence I, I can't begin to tell you of the, the transformational moments in my life, not just in an altar, in a service like this, but even in my room privately where I would be offering up sacrifices to the Lord in the midst of some deep disappointment or pain in my life because I don't know what else to do. I've, I've turned everywhere else and I finally come to Jesus and it's during those moments of just spiritual sacrifices and Lord, I'm going to praise you anyway. I'm going to believe your word over what everybody else is saying or doing. God, I'm going to put my faith in your promise and your revelation and, and in those moments where I've seen some of the greatest breakthroughs in my life. And that's where I would literally experience that transformation where it's like Jesus is in the room. How many can relate to that? I know that God is in this place. And it, I believe it's in the place of sacrifice that God builds our life and transforms us. It's in the place of sacrifice. Leviticus chapter 9, we see that so clearly. You can read that chapter later. But Moses just commanded the people to all come together in unity. It wasn't like, well, come if you feel like it or come if you want to. It says Moses commanded everybody's going to come before the altar of the Lord. And we're going to offer up these spiritual sacrifices. And there was an altar there. And they put their sacrifices on the altar. And the Bible says that the glory came from heaven, literally fire came from heaven, literally, and they fell on their faces before God. If you can imagine that kind of a scenario. It was because they made sacrifices. They were unified. Nobody was excluded. They all came, and they made a sacrifice to the Lord on the altar of God, and it said the fire of God came from heaven, and the glory of the Lord was revealed to the people, and they were completely transformed by that experience. That will do more in a church. That will do more for your life than all the programs and all the groups and all the teaching sessions and all the seminars and all the conventions could possibly ever do in your life. It's those kinds of moments that really transform and change our life. Why, how do we get there? We didn't get there because of some charismatic preacher. I'm telling you, we got there because people were willing to sacrifice before the Lord and come before the altar in unity and say, Jesus, you're all that I need. Jesus, you're all that I want. And I'm going to sacrifice whether I feel like it or not. And the glory of the Lord is revealed. The presence of God is manifested in those moments. And literally, it's with that feeling. I'm going to fall on my face before God. And there's changes that happen in our life. Directions change and perspectives change. 
change and we're no longer a selfish sacrifice anymore, but this is a selfless sacrifice unto the Lord. And once we taste of that kind of glory that God offers us, nothing else in the world compares to it. We just, we want that. Jesus, you're all that I want. And I could give so many testimonies this morning about that very concept of when I've had those kinds of encounters. And God doesn't reserve his presence just for a few. It says he's no respecter of persons in anyone. And I challenge you, when you go into your place before the Lord to set up an altar and just offer up spiritual sacrifices of praise to him and see what God will begin to do in your life. It's not a real sacrifice unless it costs you something. And secondly, it's in the place of sacrifice that God truly and biblically reveals his glory in his presence for the sake of transformation so that you see more clearly, so that you think differently in terms of how God thinks and that. And I think that the altar is significant. There's nothing special about the altar because the altar is just simply a meeting place where you go and you think about the altar and, and uh, when we become a living sacrifice, I think, okay, I, I'm a living sacrifice and I believe what the scripture is teaching is that God wants me to place my life on the altar and just say, God, I'll do what you want me to do. I'll go where you want me to go. Lord, I, my life is, belongs to you. I've been bought with a price. And the thing about when we put ourselves on an altar, it's when the fire kind of gets hot. And if you can visualize in the Old Testament when they would put a lamb or a goat or whatever on that altar and bound it, and they light the fire to sacrifice this animal, and it's trying to buck itself off of the altar. And so oftentimes when we get right to the point of change and transformation and breakthrough and experiencing the glory of the Lord, because the fire that came from heaven is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. And God wants to bring the fire of the Holy Spirit into our life, not just to compel us and to motivate us, but also to cleanse and sanctify our life as well. And I don't know about you, but when I bring my life as a living sacrifice and say, God, I'm on your altar, whatever you want to do, and it seems like God begins to do a work, and I feel the, you know, the flames, if you will, of the Holy Spirit begin to work in my life, I'm like you in my human flesh and my humanness. I want to buck myself off of the altar. Are you with me here this morning? Yeah. And I'm like, God, I don't know if I can do this. I'm going to have to give up this and this and this. And, and, and the Lord basically is saying, I want you to slay your pride. You don't need that. It's going to hold you back from the best things that I have for you. I want you to, here's the hardest one. I want you to slay your past. Well, God, I'm going to hold on to my past because that's where I get people to feel sorry for me. And I share my past stories and, and all the stuff that I'm going through. It's like people have pity on me and it feels good when people are like, oh, I'm so sorry and oh, bless you and all that. It's like, I want you to slay your past on the altar. I want you to 
slay those things that are holding you back from your true destiny. See, those are the things that God wants you to put on the altar and wants it just to really go up in flames and smoke so that he can move us forward and give us the desires of our heart and, and to bless us richly with our life. But we're so hard in it. And I was in a meeting about three weeks ago. Our circle group, by the way, has been awesome. If you're not a part of a circle group, I'm not just saying this to get you to join, but you need to be a part of one because it has blessed my life is Bridget. I'm not even leading. I'm just facilitating it in my home. Terry's leading it. But man, we have seen God do some amazing things in our circle group on Wednesday night. And I encourage you to plug into one. I really do. But Mike... Uh, came in. Mike and Dee have been coming to our circle. As many of you know, Mike has cancer and, and he's not always physically able to get out. He goes, to bed. he goes, man, this group, this is my church. This is what's about me. He, he just loves it. He's the first one there, by the way. He comes 30 minutes early. I'm still in the bathroom getting ready. And I hear Mike knocking on the door. It's so cool. It's like he can't wait to get in there. And he's sharing about his whole story of, you know, growing up in Iran and how he was rejected by his stepmother. I mean, it's a story that would make you cry of what he's gone through, the rejection, all that. And then he's sharing about his new faith in Christ and being born. And you can tell he is born again because he has so much faith and, and zealousness of, about his life and on this sharing that. But then he got into kind of like talking about his past and you could just see the pain kind of oozing out and as he's telling some of his stories. And D, his wife stops him and it it was just so powerful, and I, I wish he was here this morning, and, um, and he could hear this, but she said to him, I thought something that was so profound, she looked at him, and she says, you're still on your journey, baby. You're still on a, your journey. It's, it's not done yet. God is still working that you can let that go. You can slay your path. You can do all of these things and know that this is just the beginning of a new journey for you. Just freshly born again. You don't have to keep looking back and living in that. But you can slay the pride. You can slay your past and all of these things. And that's really what it comes down to when we come to an altar. And when we feel that tendency or temptation to buck ourselves, it's like, I don't want to let go of my past. I don't want to let go of those habits. I don't want to let go of that pain. I don't want to let go of that bitterness. I don't want to let go of that stuff. And the Lord is saying, I want to get you on the altar and I want you to begin to make sacrifices of praise and trust me so the fire of my spirit can come down and consume those things and you can experience the glory of the Lord and the, tra and the transformation that you so desperately need in your life. And I don't care if you've been a Christian for 25, 30, 40 years. There's that journey that we take of selfless sacrifice to the altar that I think is so important for us to understand. And I think that that's the word that God is speaking this realm of sacrifice. And when I walked across that platform at 18 years old and I got back there with this plaque, I don't even know if I still have it. I'm like, is this it? 15 seconds of applause and recognition and my name called out before hundreds of peers and then I get the plaque and I'm standing back there and I, I felt it was one of the most loneliest empty moments of my life and I said God I worked so hard for three years to get here to get to this point and it just it just didn't connect I thought for what? And I'm sure all of those people have forgotten about me. They don't remember my name. They don't know all the sacrifice that I did. But when I know this, 
the things that I have sacrificed for the Lord it really counts and it's etched into eternity God will never forget when I got out of college and again I was kind of telling God okay you know have you ever prayed where you kind of like I'm going to just I'm not just going to ask God I'm going to kind of tell him it's like Lord I'm getting ready to leave for the mission field. I need a wife. I don't want to go do this alone. And I, and I know you want me to have a wife. <laughs> and so, Lord, just kind of bring it. I heard about this guy that, uh, you know, he was praying and all that. And he was just, uh, and he, he said he took a, he, I know this sounds bizarre, but he took this bikini bathing suit and laid it on his bed. And he said, okay, God, I want you to bring me a girl to fill this bikini. And he's just stepping out of faith, praying this prayer. So presumptuous faith, you know? Like, okay, God, I'm ready. <laughs> You're thinking, Dana, how does that fit in this moment? And I think, well, I think a lot of times our faith can be that extreme and presumptuous. It's just like, okay, Lord, I'm just kind of manipulating my situation and manipulating the Lord. And God really shocked me, and I, and I, as I'm praying, and and I'm a little frustrated, and and I felt like the Holy Spirit just whispered to me, "Would you just?" And I think God gives us choices. I think the will of God is more about choices than like you have to do this. It's kind of like you go in an ice cream shop, and I ask my boys, "What flavor do you want?" And I'll get it for you. Just you choose. I think the will of God is a lot more choices than just like you got to do this and I feel like the Holy Spirit say would you just be willing to maybe give some of the best years of your life on the field as a single man where you can devote and I knew what was coming you know <laughs> just devote yourself fully sacrificially to the things of the kingdom and, and just go alone and know that I'm going to be with you and and give some of these prominent, some of these best years of your life in sacrificial ministry on the field. And it was a defining moment for me. Have you ever had those defining moments? And defining moments are, are awesome because it, it really brings you to a place of this selfless sacrifice. And I said, Lord, I'm willing. I, honestly, without hesitation, I said, God, I, I'll do that. And I did. And there are people that were impacted in the ministry and because of those sacrifices, there are some young men that came to faith under my ministry that are pastoring churches out in remote villages. No books will ever be written about them. Nobody's going to hear about their name. They're, they're just out in the middle of nowhere just being faithful and shepherding people and they were a result, they're the fruit that has been etched in eternity and I can honestly say this morning I, I, I wouldn't trade that for anything so where does it bring us here this morning for you that all of us sitting in this room here today God is just saying would you be willing to come to an altar on just a, a, a periodic basis and just slay some of those things that are holding you back from your destiny and slay for those who don't know Jesus just the only thing that holds you back from knowing Jesus is your pride because basically pride says I don't need God 
I can do this by myself. And you know what? You can't. Because there's going to come a moment at death's door where, what are you going to do? You, death's going to sneak up on you and you can't stop that. It's just pride. Or slay some of the grief and the pain or the bitterness in your life and just slay it on the altar. Let it just go up in flames and die. Let the fire of the Holy Spirit just consume it so that when you get off that altar, you're a different person. And they're just choices that we make and decisions in our mind that I can do that. Amen. Would you bow your hearts and heads with me this morning? Father, we thank you. I love the concept of sacrifice because, Lord, you led by example. That you gave everything. You gave your life. Jesus, you gave your blood that I could, so I could have remission, forgiveness of sin and life here today so grateful for that thank you Jesus if you're here this morning and you would just say Dina as it's not bowing my heart and head right now I, I want to lift my hand to not just you but to the Lord and say I need to sacrifice some things on the altar here today it's just haunted me, confused me. It's left me feeling empty and void. And I want to slay those things on the altar. Would you just lift your hand right now? The Lord knows what it is. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm raising my hand. I can think of one. I want to just slay it. Yeah. And Jesus, for those who we have lifted our, our hands to you and as we bow our hearts and our heads before your throne, we just come to the altar and we say, Lord, I, by faith, I slay that. Let the power and the fire of the Holy Spirit come down upon my life right now. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Just slay it. Kill it. So that I can rise in newness of life and I can be transformed and change. I can live my life the way it was meant to be lived. And it's never too late. It's not too late. Today's the first day for the rest of your life. Jesus, we proclaim that. And I just pray in the name of Jesus for each and everyone here today that you would change and transform and that you would forge out destinies for these people here this morning that have come to worship your name. We thank you for that.